I hope that everybody can hear me. Um, just going to check if this is connected properly, real quick, and um, we can start it. Okay. Yeah. I think we are we are streaming live. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we are streaming live. So hi guys, uh, this is Vinay Krajgopalan. I am a tokenomics expert with uh, Sparkout Tech. And today we are going to be, you know, we're gonna we have uh, a small webinar for you guys about smart contracts. So um, we've every week on CodeSpot, we've been, you know, interacting with you and presenting certain topics um, related to technology. And um, so far, you've been um, you've been looking at a lot of things other than blockchain. So um, today, I think since blockchain is the hot topic right now, and uh, you know, since the crypto market is quite booming at the moment i think uh, it's it's fair enough that we start off with something related to blockchain and more specifically smart contracts so i have a small presentation for you guys here and uh, yeah so we'll, we'll uh, jump right into it and basically our topic for the day is the trustless world of smart smart contracts so this is the agenda for today and when you hear the word trustless, what what exactly does comes to mind? But I mean, what exactly does come to mind? Like the word trustless, it is kind of uh, misleading in ways. The word trustless because isn't trust a good thing generally? Like when it comes to businesses or uh, when it comes to technology as a whole, if two people or if two entities have to work together, there has to be some kind of trust involved. So what does trustless mean? The word kind of seems like there is no trust, but that is not exactly what it means. And in ways that is exactly what it means. So you will understand better when we get into the presentation and let's jump right into it. So what are smart contracts? To understand trustless, what trustless means, you need to understand what a smart contract is. So there are three things that you need to understand when learning about smart contracts. Number one, it is an automated computer program. It's it's just a software. It's a piece of software, and um, you know you code certain certain things in certain functions in, and it works automatically, which means that with minimum human interaction, it can work. It runs on the blockchain network. Obviously, uh, a smart contract runs on the blockchain network. Self executes based on predefined criteria and this is what may like sets it apart from everything else it is an automated program and it runs on blockchain uh, on the blockchain network so that means that you don't have to do anything to make it work you just have to deploy it on the blockchain and it's going to start working if if it is coded correctly that's it. and uh, the other thing is that since it's uh, it, since it runs on the blockchain network nobody can nobody can change it or nobody can edit it and um, once it's on the blockchain, it's there forever. So that's why uh, when you know that's why uh, developers uh, takes uh, take a lot of time when they code the smart contracts because one if they get it wrong, it's going to be there forever. And if if they want to edit it, they can't. So they have to create an entirely new smart contract to make it work. So that that we know. So since it runs on the uh, blockchain network, it is uh, very. Uh, it is very secure 
so if if for for example if you want to use it for an enterprise application so the, if there's a company and you want to employ certain uh, certain pieces of code that does certain things you can easily use it and um, you can be sure that nobody can tamper with it so that's one thing and the self executing based on predefined criteria is what sets smart contracts apart from everything else because every contract will have certain criteria what no matter what the contract is those criteria are supposed to be carried out by the people who engaged uh, who engage in in in, in the interaction um, that is based on the contract so, but in in a general sense that doesn't happen always like if two companies or even two people even even if you, if two friends are in 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 an agreement they come to an agreement that you know they create you know a contract that one person does something the other person returns something in you know uh, as a as a result and there is no governing factor there is no governing system that makes sure that these two people uh, do these things like they do as they uh, have committed to so that is where smart contracts come in so to understand this better i think i'll uh, i'll introduce i mean i'll uh, you know i'll narrate a story so this is dave this is my good friend dave and dave uh, is uh, he works at a he works at a company he works at a tech firm or you know any company dave can be anybody by the way dave is a representation of everybody so this is dave and this is dave's boss and uh, this is dave's company so Dave is an extremely hard worker. Okay, he uh, he has been in this company for for a while, a long while, and he is a great worker. He is uh, he is dedicated to his work, and he you know he works towards the growth of the company. And obviously, his boss, the person in charge, is going to uh, give him the salary for uh, what he's working on. And his boss pays his salary through the company. so that happens in in sort it's it's kind of like a system that happens so lately dave has encountered a situation where he is working overtime and uh, he's kind of finding it hard to you know make ends meet because he doesn't he's working 16 hours a day and uh, he's not getting any sleep he's not getting any rest and he's getting the same pay also so what is dave, dave supposed to do obviously he's going to ask is boss for like overtime pay or something like that but he says no he then you know after that's a failure what does dave do he dave goes to his company his hr or whatever they also say no they say that we can't pay you for the overtime so what happens here is that dave is very unhappy because he's working there and he's you know uh sweating it out for his company and he's not getting anything in return apart from his you know general salary so when J dave uh joined the company he had an agreement like he had a he might have had a contract with the company that he will work for the company and the company will pay a certain amount of money for his services and dave had a trust with the company that the company will give him money when they receive his um, you know his work and the company also trust dave to do his best for the money that they give but when this happens 
when Dave is not getting what he's owed from the company, then the trust is lost. Then what would happen is, you know, Dave might not do his job properly. The company might threaten him. Uh, if you don't do your job properly, we're going to fire you. And uh, overall, there is certain lack of trust between the company and Dave. I know that many of you are working individuals and you can relate to this. I hope that you cannot relate to this in this direct situation in, in this uh, analogy. But um, I'm sure that uh, you uh, most of you work in some kind of an employment situation or you guys are students and you have these um, these situations in colleges or schools or something like that where you have you have a, an agreement with another party and they when they don't fulfill it, you don't trust them anymore. So, this is the centralized system. The centralized system is deeply flawed because it relies on a centralized party. Now, the decentralized system is a little different from this because trust is always important. If you want to, even if you are transacting some money with somebody else, trust is one of the most important things that you need to have. Even if it's somebody that you know, you have to have trust between each other so that you can transact money or anything else for that matter. So in a decentralized system, what happens is the centralized authority does not exist. It is, it is replaced by smart contracts. Now, smart contracts we talked about, um, it is, uh, those are uh, automated computer software systems, like uh, automated programs that work on like they uh, that execute themselves on a certain pre-described criteria. So what here, like over here, what happens is Dave uh, does his duties, Dave does his work, and uh, he gives them to the smart contract. He completes his work. What happens is the smart contract already has a pre pre uh, described like a criteria within the smart contract that if Dave completes these set of works and if he is doing over time then he has to be paid this amount of money that is what a smart contract does so when dave gives when dave gives his work to the smart contract the smart contract automatically pays him the money there is nothing the company or the or his boss or anybody else can do to stop that payment as long as dave has completed his duties so that criteria will be hard coded in the smart contract and these this is how smart contracts work and this is just a small example of a world of opportunities that smart contracts and blockchain provides to us as people because this system does not rely on trust trust is a very important thing when it comes to transactions as we said before not only with financial transactions, but even with like data transactions, anything and everything that we have in our lives that we transact within somebody, that we exchange with somebody, there is trust involved. Any relationship has trust involved. So, but with smart contracts, the need for trust is not there anymore. I mean, at least to a certain extent, it is reduced. Like. Dave doesn't have to trust his company that they will pay him because he knows that the smart contract is already built in a way that he's going to get the money if he works for it. 
Dave doesn't have to uh, trust his boss. No matter what his boss does, he's always going to get his salary on time. So, obviously, Dave is happy. And this brings the trustless environment into, into play. So, this is what trustless means. Like I said before, like in the beginning, trustless doesn't exactly mean that you don't trust somebody. It just means that you have eliminated the, the factor of trust from everything, like the, from the interactions. So, um, in, in this case, Dave doesn't have to trust anybody. The company has, doesn't have to trust Dave. As long as he does his work, he's going to get paid. As long as his, he gets paid, he's going to do his work. So, the need for trust is eliminated, which means that it is somewhat seamless what happens. You don't have to uh, have any um, any people involved in in the money processing uh, in in that process. You don't have to have there is there is not going to be any bureaucracy in this. You can understand why trustless systems are so important because if you look at even even the government for example, the government is highly centralized. The government is a great example for what a centralized system is. So. I'm sure no matter where you are in the world, in what uh, part of the world you are, the government, you, going to a government office is not going to be an easy task. You're going to have to, you know, spend a lot of time there. You're going to have to talk to a lot of people and things like that. So um, there we, we as people have no choice but to, you know, give in to the centralized system. We have to depend on certain parties, certain, certain centralized parties, and there is going to be a hierarchy of, uh, of of people and officials there and we have to go to each and every one of them before we can get a task done. With the trustless systems, all you need is a set of smart contracts. And these smart contracts work well together and, and they get the task done faster without the requirement for trust. So in a way, by eliminating the need for trust, we are enforcing trust on top of that system. Like, if, if I am a person, if you are a person and there is a trustless system, if we don't have to trust that that system, then in a way we can uh, we can gladly work with it. We can easily work with that system because we don't need to trust it. In a way, it is easier to trust it. So the use cases, the next uh, thing that we can, we're not going to go in a chronological order of the topics that I've uh, put in. I think it's more, it's better this way because it's it's going to be easier to understand. So, um, so the use cases. When it comes to the use cases, what do you think about when you you know think about blockchain and cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin? Obviously, when uh, almost every single person has heard of Bitcoin. If if you are watching this video, you have heard about blockchain or Bitcoin at least once somewhere. So. Yeah. So what comes to mind when you think of Bitcoin exactly? Obviously money. You think about money because Bitcoin is a currency that it's a cryptocurrency. That's what we are told. And it's it's expensive fairly right now. So if you have if you bought Bitcoins maybe a couple of years back, you would have been quite wealthy right now. So it's it's about money. And it is largely about money. What Bitcoin is doing. But what it has also facilitated is peer-to-peer -peer transactions and to understand peer-to-peer -peer better we have a story as well it's an analogy that we have okay so 
let's say that this is Julie. This is my good friend Julie. And this is my good friend Brian. So Julie and Brian are my friends and they, they know each other as well. Okay. <coughs> and they are like they are uh, their interactions in the monetary sense is governed by the central bank. Because Julie and Brian they work together and they often go for lunch together and uh, you know somebody pays somebody pays them back i know that many of us do that so you know you google pay or phone pay or whatever the uh, app you use and you know everybody eats somebody pays and you know we divide it among each other that's a normal thing that we do but the payment in this case uh, of julie and uh, and brian is governed by a central authority which is the bank so let's say that you Julie has an amount of money that she wants to send Dave. She can do that by initiating the transaction, which means that the money goes from Julie's wallet, from Julie's bank account, to the bank, and the bank uh, validates that that transaction, just like you know how a how a uh, transaction mining occurs in blockchains. Okay, the bank bank validates that transaction. And the bank then credits that amount to Brian. Now they're both happy. But let's just say that since the uh, bank is the central authority, let's just think of a situation where Julie has sent the money to Brian, and uh, he has like a Brian, like the bank has withheld the amounts. Let's say for some odd reason, the bank decides to not release the money, you know, uh, like soon. Maybe their servers are busy. Maybe there is some kind of some kind of you know issues happening within the network or something like that, and the bank is not releasing the money to Brian. Now both of them are really in trouble because Julie has sent the money. She knows that, so it is her money. That she has sent and it is with the bank she can't withdraw it because the bank is has control over the money brian needs the money because he spent it before and uh, he's not getting the money either because the bank has withheld so whom does that money belong to exactly it belongs to julie but she can't withdraw it it also belongs to brian but he, he can't withdraw it either so this is kind of a situation that most of us have faced at certain point not just with banks, but maybe because with e-commerce sites or whatever like that, there is a central authority at play there, which governs, I mean, that governs everything. So with Bitcoin, the difference is that the central authority is completely replaced with the Bitcoin network. Now, the good thing about the Bitcoin network is that nobody controls it. Nobody controls it. it nobody even knows who made it. A person named satoshi nakamoto uh, we don't know if he's a person or a group of people yet so they published a white paper which is a document um, which uh, outlines certain things about the project and the project was called bitcoin and it outlined a peer-to-peer -peer currency system where there is no central authority there is no bank where people can transact with each other like when if when we are going like just when we are going out with our friends and uh, we we are getting a bite to eat and somebody pays and we pay in cash right? 
we pay in cash and that is easy that is peer to peer we directly pay them we don't have to depend on any other central authority to do that but with bitcoin i mean with banks you do have to uh, rely on somebody else bitcoin eliminates this completely by allowing people to transact with each other through a peer to peer network now we all deal with digital money every day every time we use an app to send money every time we use internet banking or anything like that we are actually what we are actually doing is we are transacting with uh, digital money the difference between uh, regular digital money like uh, the us dollar the euro or inr is um, the how the network works basically how the network works now in this situation that we looked at before the central bank is the one that governs everything here julie has sent some money to the bank the bank has to validate it and store it on their server they have to store it on their server that is a normal thing bank has to send brian the money and they have to um like validate that transaction as well so that uh, julie has paid the bank bank has paid prime that has to be stored and that has to be validated on their server what happens is this server is actually controlled by the bank so what they can do is i'm not saying that any banks banks actually do this but uh, this is actually one of the problems that digital currency faced uh, in its early days like when it comes to i like uh, dollars and ina it is fairly controlled so it's 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 kind of different but apart from that uh, other digital currencies because there were digital currencies before bitcoin and the reason they failed was because um, let's just say that a central authority has this let's just say that a thousand coins uh, is in in my, if, if i am the central authority i have a thousand coins in my hand on my server since i control the server i can multiply that by 2 and turn that into 2000 so this can happen multiple times obviously if you make multiple uh, like uh, like greater uh, greater transactions with this like you multiply it uh, a lot of times people are going to understand that this is something bad is happening but apart from that if if it is in smaller if it's in uh, small amounts nobody is really going to notice uh like antlets to it so this this was one of the problems that um digital currency in its early days faced bitcoin what bitcoin did was that it instead of storing it on a centralized server it stored this these transactions on multiple servers it's, it's a distributed server if i transact with somebody else it, does, it doesn't mean that uh, a server nearby to my place stores this um, transaction records it can be on another part of the world and on another computer even and uh, even then it is not quite secure because it's just a server so what they did was they bring uh, like i mean they brought cryptography into the mix and with cryptography and uh, that is actually a discussion for on that time but with cryptography what happens is each server each of these servers if there there happens 100 transactions 100 of these are going to be 100 of these transactions are going to be stored on different different ledgers like different 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 servers let's just say that and 
each server is going to have the copy a copy of the transaction of its previous server it's not exactly a copy it is actually more of a verification method that it has because if if, if there is a copy of everything on every server obviously it's going to be a you know there is going to be a storage issue but uh, it's more like every server can validate its previous server with the data that it has already it uses cryptography and um, something called a cryptographic hash function to do this so that just means that if somebody changes something on the network all other people all other net uh, like all of the peers on the network are going to get notified like uh, all of the nodes are going to get notified so it, it it becomes extremely impractical to uh, hinder hinder such a network to um, hinder such a network so bitcoin solved that problem basically but even bitcoin only deals with money it is nobody controls it so anybody can transact with uh, anybody so that basically means that everybody can everybody can transact with anybody without any kind of hindrance and that is what decentralization means so in a decentralized ecosystem there is a certain certain level of control that the people enjoy instead of only a few people like uh, if you look at governments or uh, banks or something like that each of them have their own uh, regulations and things like that that people have to uh, accept one way or another if they want to uh, use it use their services but with bitcoin anybody can transact with each other but even bitcoin only deals with payments you can't really do anything else with bitcoin you can you know invest in it and gain money you can send it to other people as payments but apart from that you can't really do anything with bitcoin so money is basically what bitcoin on itself is related to but in 2015 something exciting happened because vitalik buterin he was a young uh, young visionary uh, originally from uh, russia but he uh, you know he is canadian right now and vitalik buterin dr gavin wood and charles hoskins three of these people founded ethereum now ethereum changed the game when it comes to you know blockchains because bitcoin the bitcoin blockchain is considered as a um like a generation one blockchain the first generation of blockchains ethereum is the second generation of blockchains because ethereum while ethereum was just about payments and peer to peer uh, connections and peer to peer transactions ethereum is quite a different kind of platform while bitcoin was about money ethereum meant that people could send money people could send data which is a big thing because if you could only send money you can only do payments but if you can send data as well then you can you, you basically have unlimited possibilities and obviously connected to data it is the smart contracts so when it comes to the use cases of smart contracts we can see that um, these are just a few examples of the use cases like in banking insurance and things like that we got a little sidetracked with uh, bitcoin sorry about that guys but i i hope that you understood um, why i had to explain that 
and why uh, why smart contracts are um, so secure because it functions on the same principles as uh, bitcoin but you can also create you know data related um, applications and uh, you know basically applications decentralized applications on uh, using smart contracts so um, these are some of the use cases of um, smart contracts that we can we can see but these are these are just i just took an arbitrary number of uh, number of use cases because the reality of the matter is that you know you can have infinite number of use cases for smart contracts and blockchains because for example if we take banking you we already say, uh, saw that peer to peer systems can be developed um like uh, even deposits and withdrawals you don't have to depend on the bank for deposits and withdrawals they can't withheld your I mean withhold your um, uh, funds if you use uh, a blockchain based banking system insurance i think insurance is one of the things that we every single one of us has uh, has encountered one way or another whether it's health insurance or vehicle insurance um you know if, if for example if your if your car or something uh, gets into an accident and uh, you have to claim uh, insurance you have to obviously you know, bring the insurance people here i mean there to the accident site they have to do a survey and you will you will have uh, quite a little bit of paperwork before you actually get the money and more often than not you don't get the money right away you pay the money from your side and then they um, they uh, like refund that money to your your account and that's how this works but with if if let's say that if a smart contract is doing all of that in in an insurance situation then you just have to you know, take a couple of photos take a couple of verifications verification documents and things like that then you feed it to the uh, smart contract and there you have it if you meet the criteria for the insurance you are going to get your money healthcare healthcare is another important um, uh, situation i mean a sector uh, when it comes to smart contracts because patient documentation and uh, things related to uh, uh, documentation especially and patient history and things like that those are kind of uh, something that's kind of life and death because uh, if you let's say that you go to another country um, and uh, you you get ill and uh, you are hospitalized they have to know your uh, previous history your previous health history to actually you know diagnose you better if you have any kind of uh, allergic re reactions to like penicillin uh, and antibiotics and things like that so they have to know that before treating you because you know otherwise things could go horribly wrong and uh, even in things like cancer cancer research cancer in every kind of uh, thing uh, in every kind of thing related to research and uh, healthcare and patient data uh, records um records keeping i mean and those things in those things blockchain and smart contracts are extremely important i mean can be extremely important and um, even in the pharmaceutical industry if um, if a uh, if just if the, if it's like a pharmaceutical store that is selling you um you know uh, medicines what would happen is that a doctor they would prescribe you some medicine and uh, you show this prescription to your local drug store uh, you know or some guy or something like that and uh, they give you the uh, give you the medicine but even those records are stored on normal systems normal centralized systems and anybody can hinder that so uh, you know drug seeking behavior and things like that can happen easily but when it's done through a blockchain and through a smart contract you can have something it's it's 
it's it's infinite because you can have something like a QR code. You can scan that, and the system already detects what kind of uh, which doctor you've been to, and uh, it already knows what kind of uh, medication he has prescribed for looking at any prescription or anything. So it can everything can be digitized, and everything can be reliable because it is stored on the blockchain and validated on the blockchain. So. Um, Apart from that, yeah, governance, like we uh, spoke of before, the government is one of the biggest um, biggest use cases for blockchain because, uh, you know, it, it, is, it is true that most governments today are um, not seamless in their uh, in their functioning. Like there are there are discrepancies here and there. And even in, in the developing and underdeveloped countries, especially, there is a lot of uh, room for corruption. And um, that is that is a, that is a true that we have to realize. And blockchain, especially smart contracts, in this situation, in 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 the field of governance, can change the whole game. For just even just a simple thing, even just a simple situation, like going to uh, to get the ration, going to get the ration, going to get um, your. Um, your checks, uh, checks in the sense your uh, welfare checks, welfare checks you for for the backward communities, the financially backward communities. All of these things, if that is done through the smart contract, you don't need to like go behind or you don't have to, um, you know, suffer at the whims of bureaucracy to get what you need. You don't have to have trust with the government to actually uh, get things happening. These trustless systems, what they do is they eliminate the need for trust. Because if you go to a like a ration store, or um, or a government health store, or a government um, hospital, you know that you can you, you can show your identification, you can um, you know show your identification and feed it into the smart contract, and you can be sure that you will get what you need when you go there. And you know supply chain as well. That is another uh, example. Uh, any kind of supply chain, whether it be pharmaceuticals or um, groceries or whatever like that, every at, at every stage of the supply chain, uh, everything will be validated. Everything can be um, everything can be recordically. I mean, it can be recorded properly, and you can you can verify it as well. And another thing with public blockchains like uh, like Ethereum and um, Finance Smart Chain and Tron and Polkadot and whatever. The good thing with them is that on a public blockchain, anybody can validate any transaction. I mean, valid, I mean, verify any transaction. If you have, let's say, that if, if a government system, if a government, if, um, let's say, let's just say that it is a road that they want to build, it is, or it is a hospital that they want to build. If they have a certain amount of money that is, allotted that they have allotted for the job they can um, they can uh, the smart contract can deal with that and any person any citizen can go to that portal that blockchain explorer as we call it and they can see what happens to their money they can see exactly how much money is being allotted how much money is being used and every single thing related to that build can be verified on the blockchain so you know the use cases are absolutely infinite when it comes to blockchains 
and token versus coin. Now, this is actually a smaller topic, and it is important because uh, many people they, these two words have been used. You know, they have been used with each other for a long time. People reciprocate these words all of the time because it's kind of hard to understand what a coin is and what a, what the token is. Because you know, you can call call a normal ERC20 token, for example, you can call that a coin. But the actual difference here is that a coin is related to a specific blockchain. Let's just say that Ethereum, Ethereum's coin is Ether. Bitcoin blockchain's coin is Bitcoin. But all of the other tokens under Ethereum, like let uh, it be Chainlink or, uh, or anything else, Chainlink, Uniswap, and there are a lot of tokens. So a coin is specific to a blockchain, and the major use case of that coin will be to facilitate transactions and payments that that are you know um, specific to that blockchain, to the functioning of the blockchain. So the we can say that a coin is a is the native currency of a blockchain. A token has unlimited use cases when that coin whereas a coin uh, is uh, just used for like payments and facilitating transactions on a blockchain tokens can be used for multiple things for example um the bnb coin bnb uh, bnb coin it is used to make payments and ethereum is used to make payments and also as mining rewards and uh, it works within the ethereum blockchain but where on the other hand maybe tokens like chainlink or uniswap or uh, other other erc20 tokens whatever they may be they actually serve a purpose within their uh, their specific ecosystem whether it be for rewards like uniswap has the uh, it has governance features it allows people to vote and a token can do we could a token can be programmed to do um, a wide range of uh, wide range of things within a single ecosystem. Whereas Ethereum is more of the native token, native currency, the native coin of the Ethereum blockchain, Ether. So um, that is what the difference. That is the difference between token and coin. Now Ethereum solidity contract. Now the Ethereum is probably the like the biggest smart contract platform that we all know. And uh, Solidity is the programming language that Ethereum uses. And Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Tron, all of these blockchains, they use the basically the uh, basically Solidity uh, smart contracts. It uses Ethereum virtual 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 machine, which basically means that you can code a smart contract in Solidity, and you know you can test it and run it uh, run it on the Ethereum virtual machine, and it can be deployed on any blockchain. If you have a solidity contract, there is if, if it's just a simple simple token that works like an e, on the ERC20 token standard, you can deploy it, deploy it on um, Ethereum, you can deploy it on Binance Smart Chain, and you can deploy it on Tron without any kind of change to the to the contract. More often than not, you can do that. Apart from that, if it works with multiple multiple functions with multiple platforms and things like that, you might have to tweak a little bit here and there. But generally. Uh, what whatever you can do on Ethereum, 
whatever you can do, you can do uh, on uh, the Ethereum virtual machine. You can mostly do on these platforms, and even uh, smart like uh, smart contract platforms like Polkadot, they support uh, Ethereum virtual machine to an extent. And uh, yes, the current issues now these issues are important because these issues are the you know the reason that blockchain is not being and uh, the smart contracts are not being um, adopted by widely by anybody like we all use cryptocurrencies today we all use smart contract platforms today uh, most of us do and uh, even the government is trying out uh, ways to include blockchain and smart contracts into the mix but the reason for them not being widely accepted is because of these issues scalability is one if you have if you have a software, if, if let's just say that Ethereum, if you have uh, deployed a smart contract on Ethereum, there is a limit to what Ethereum can do because there is a transaction speed limit. How many transactions? I mean, um, there is a transactions per second. I mean, how many transactions within a second can uh, the Ethereum network process or validate? You cannot increase that. That is a fixed number and uh, you know, if you have a bigger scale, a larger scale project and that has millions of transactions coming in, it is it is impossible to have uh, have that working seamlessly because there is a scalability issue. So you cannot, whatever blockchain it may be, whether it be Ethereum, I mean the current uh, second generation of blockchains, whether it be Ethereum or a Binance Smart Chain or Tron or any of the second generation uh, smart contracts, I mean uh, blockchains. You cannot add any extra features to it because it's a blockchain. You have to adjust with what it has already and, um, you know, build your blockchains accordingly. So uh, that, I mean, applications accordingly. So that's one of the things. Transaction speeds. There is, as we said, there is a limit to how many transactions that blockchain can process. And um, if, if it gets above that limit, then, you know, um, the it just it's kind of like a queue situation where you know one trans only another transaction cannot parallelly work together so uh, if we have 10 transactions the first transaction has to uh, go through then the second transaction then the third transaction and that is how it works transaction costs obviously um the validation process something that we call mining is what happens in the uh, the uh, blockchain transactions and in ethereum what happens is if there are multiple transactions happening at a time, the validators or the miners only validate transactions that pay the highest gas fee, the transaction fee. So the cost can get uh, fairly high. And now with proof of work algorithms, uh, I mean blockchain that is being solved, but still that is a problem. Interoperability. Now this is one of the biggest reasons that blockchains don't work well. Um, on all uh, all situations, but it's being mitigated with um, third generation of blockchains. But what interoperability is the, the ability of a blockchain network to communicate with another network. Let's just say that there is Ethereum and there is Binance Smart Chain. If the, if for if you have a decentralized application on Ethereum, you cannot directly communicate with Binance Smart Chain. You, can, you cannot send a token that is on Ethereum to Binance Smart Chain without some kind of intermediary. 
and we use bridges for that like uh, there is no way to send a token or data directly from a blockchain to another blockchain you have to have some kind of intermediary and uh, usually that is facilitated through bridges and uh, even that is not perfect if you send um, an ethereum token like an erc20 token from uh, ethereum network to the binance smart chain network what happens is you send that into the bridge the bridge holds the token and it mints another like an entirely new token on the binance smart chain with the same features and things like that so it is not an exact exact uh, in, it's not exactly interoperable it is just we just working around the things so this this becomes a problem when uh, if ethereum and since ethereum gas fees are so so um, it, it's an example since uh, ethereum gas fees are so um, expensive if you want to switch to binance smart chain either you have to build your application completely um, on binance smart chain from scratch or uh, or you have to use a bridge and there is okay i think we have a few questions here um okay uh ganeshan dreamland i'm sorry for uh interrupting i mean uh interrupting my Question. Hi, okay. Will the Dodge use Ethereum contracts? Is it possible if it uses, then will it improve transaction speed? Actually, um, okay, this is related to interoperability and uh, scalability. Actually, Dodge does not use Ethereum contracts because Dogecoin is not an, uh, a smart contract platform. Dogecoin is more like Bitcoin, it is a peer to peer currency system and not a smart contract platform. So, so the I think the question is whether the Doge transactions will be even more fast. I mean, if the uh, transaction speeds can be um, increased through um, Ethereum contracts, I mean, or, or like solidity contracts, that's not going to happen because if Dogecoin wants to use Ethereum contracts and if you it it wants to increase the transaction speeds considerably, uh, it has to create a separate blockchain to do that. That's 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 uh, the whole point because you cannot add anything to anything to to a public blockchain after you've deployed it. You have to create a separate um, blockchain, and it, it's called a hard fork basically, because Bitcoin had a few issues in terms of transaction speeds and things like that. So they hard forked it. Somebody hard forked it into Litecoin, and that was it. You know, even more, uh, even again, hard forked into uh, Bitcoin Cash and things like that. So that is not possible. Uh, Dogecoin cannot use um, Ethereum contracts, but what it can do, it can run on Ethereum uh, Ethereum blockchain using a bridge. Basically, it is not like we said; it's not an exact interoperable solution. It's not an interoperability solution. What happens is you can send Dogecoin using a bridge to uh, to Ethereum. Uh, and create an ERC20 token on Ethereum with the same features as Dogecoin and uh, hold the uh, uh, Dogecoin that you send on the bridge and you know it, it can be interoperable. Basically what happens is there is a bridge and Dogecoin is, is the Dogecoin network is on uh, one side, the Ethereum network is on the other side 
and you send one dogecoin or whatever it is to the bridge the bridge creates an erc20 token and it gives it to the ethereum network and you can use it there it is possible but it is not exactly uh, a proper scalability solution and interoperable blockchains we do have interoperable blockchain with uh, blockchains right now Okay. Um, we do have interoperable blockchains today. I mean, the third generation of blockchains. A good example would be Polkadot and Cosmos. Then there are other blockchains as well with uh, multi-chain uh, infrastructures. Usually, for interoperability, what we have done, or at least not for interoperability, at least to uh, solve the issues of transaction speeds and things like that for Ethereum. Um, layer two solutions have uh, been implemented, like. Polygonmatic or uh, and uh, you know plasma and things like that. What they do, like harmony and things like that. What they actually do is they carry out transactions on a separate blockchain. What Matic does is they carry out transactions on their blockchain, like smart contracts on their blockchain, and they use Ethereum to store store uh, store uh, the end value, the end. Uh, they uh, store the transactions. The smart contracts run on Matic and uh, they store the data on ethereum this is not exactly um, a highly scalable solution because it still depends on ethereum for for all of it and it is not completely within a single ecosystem um, ethereum and matic are still separate they just they are just connected as you know another layer they're just adding another layer but what interoperable blockchains do is that per, for uh, for example polkadot and cosmos polkadot and cosmos are are revolutionary in the sense that they have changed the way we look at blockchains if we look at ethereum if you want to scale ethereum you can use matic network meaning that you can run smart contracts on matic and you can store the data on ethereum and um, you know validate the transactions and things like that you can use proof of work on matic and you know, I don't have to worry about the transaction speeds on Ethereum. But still, it is these are two separate blockchains. With Polkadot, what Polkadot has done is that they have built a framework called Substrate, and it uses um, a programming language called uh, Rust, and it also supports uh, Solidity contracts. And you can build blockchains easily using Substrate and then connect it to polkadot now this is huge because like we talked about before if you want to send a token from ethereum to binance smart chain you have to use a bridge and that bridge has to be always online and uh, it is not an exact interoperability solution it's not an exact solution to make two blockchains interoperable with polkadot there is going to be uh, you know they have a central chain with uh, like um, it's called a relay chain and that central chain provides the security um, you know and the decentralization and everything related to that that the, everything that polkadot offers that this the central change uh, chain provides that and you can create a separate blockchain on substrate on the framework substrate and connect it to polkadot and what that does is that if if let's just say that the central chain is here and uh, if i have a blockchain related to supply chain and i have a token 
and there is another token related to um, let's say anything movies whatever and uh, there is another blockchain uh, on the polkadot network like we create uh, both of us created two block separate blockchains and we connected it to polkadot i can send the tokens and data from my blockchain easily to the other blockchain because it is within the ecosystem this uh, this is still in its um, early stages i guess and uh, but this has opened up a world of possibilities in the uh, field of blockchain because this was not done before this was not possible before two blockchains communicating with each other and being interoperable was not something that was in any way viable uh, uh, before before uh, you know these multi chain blockchains like polkadot or cosmos and the, uh, i'm sure that in the days to come there will be even more blockchains that have interoperability that will master interoperability and these so if if the if for example within the polkadot ecosystem two uh, two blockchains can communicate but if you want to send a token or a data from ethereum to polkadot you still need a bridge you cannot you cannot directly send data from ethereum to polkadot and i'm sure that the, the the purpose of this webinar even is not to just introduce a topic in front of you guys it's important to understand that every single person that has made these platforms possible these um, blockchain possible the, the technology remains the same actually it's just a just just a matter of creating a distributed ledger system and validating using crypto like cryptography and uh, mining and things like that the technology remains the same it is how you use that technology that you know how you make it better how you polish it how you create new mechanisms to make it even more seamless that matters so purpose of this webinar even is to is to encourage everybody to think ahead and um, come up with your own ideas your own uh, your own systems and uh, just remember that every single person that has worked on these blockchains uh, on these technologies have has been like just people like you and me it's just the difference is that they have dedicated their lives to something and they have uh, thought about something different and it has worked out and you can do the same as well so let's see if we have any uh, questions on the chat i don't think we have a moment i think i don't we i don't think we have any other questions on the moment if you guys have any questions you can definitely uh, ask in the comment section below and i'll try my best to answer them I think yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Ganesh. I'm happy that I could uh, I could answer your question. And I think that is that is it. And uh, thanks guys for joining us. And uh, even if you have any other questions, um, we'll we we're gonna be winding up right now. But uh, even if you have any other questions related to blockchains or smart contracts or whatever, you can uh, you can DM us on our social media uh, social media profiles. You can comment down below uh, on this video. This live is going to be uh, 
post on YouTube and you can uh, you, most of you are going to be viewing it afterwards I guess so you can just comment down below and we'll get uh, we'll get back to you we'll try to answer as many questions as possible and um, you can even you can even comment down below uh, what you guys want us to answer next what you guys want us to cover next and I hope that this was educational for you guys.